You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Wednesday edition. It's time to check in with some post-first wave free agency power rankings from my co-host, Matt Williamson, who you can find on Twitter at Williamson NFL. I am at BD Peacock. Keep those questions coming throughout the week. We usually do a mailbag show on Tuesdays, but sometimes filter in questions here and there. So we're always open to uh, some input and some questions and maybe some things that send us in a certain direction during a podcast because there's a number of ways we can cover this thing throughout the entire off season. It is draft season. There will be some more player movement with trades and free agency filtering through before the end of April. But I mean, this is the meat of it now. Most of the big names have signed. It is draft season. So we'll be getting into Matt Williamson's ranks for positions in the draft. Uh, Pro days are in full effect right now. But first, we've got to check back in with every single team in the NFL. Let's count him up. Matt Williamson's power rankings now post free agency from 32 to 1. We will start there on today's program. And that begins, Matt with the team at the very bottom of the list. Ironically, the most active team in free agency, but how much impact <laughs> are they getting from just a myriad of one-year deals? I'm counting, what, 30 contracts? I mean, do they even have room for all these players on their roster in Houston with the Texans who have maybe even bigger problems now than being 32nd on Matt Williamson's power rankings with what's going on with Deshaun Watson? Just, uh, I mean, unbelievably, the, the worst turn this franchise could have taken in the last couple months. Yeah, amazing where they've come in such a short amount of time. I mean, say what you want about Bill O'Brien. He won eight, nine, ten games year after year, and they I think they had a what a five year stretch of winning this division under him. I mean they had a lead on the Chiefs in the playoffs fourteen months ago. Yeah, wow, fourteen months ago. Uh first off, I think this is either like my seventeenth or eighteenth season of being in the media and writing articles. And I think this is the first year I've done true off-season power ranks. You know, Pro Football Network had this idea, and I like it, but it's hard. I got to say, it's hard to put the teams at the bottom because this is the beginning of the optimism period. And some of these teams will jump up after a good draft, you know, the Jacksonvilles and Jets and Miamis that have a lot of picks. But this was not an easy exercise for me, but it wasn't hard to put Houston last. And I've made fun of them for like you said, I mean, going crazy with so many of these strange under-the-radar signings, and and I'm sure some of them will work out. I mean, it's probably putting a blanket over all those and saying, boy, that's dumb, is, is, isn't is fair. I mean, they're going to hit on a couple of those guys that, that aren't household names, but their roster's horrible with or without Watson, and I kind of, considering where he's at right now, didn't really factor him in as a Texan. And this, normally if you factored Watson in as not a Texan, maybe there would be a draft haul to go with it because you talked about how there's more right. optimism to come with the draft. Well, the Texans don't have a first or second round pick. They don't pick until, what, 67 overall. And so they're not going to help themselves there either. So this is a pretty easy team for me to see 32nd. And, and we got to talk a little bit about the Deshaun Watson stuff because we haven't talked about it too much. We mentioned it once when the, the first thing came out and it's... I mean, this is the most bizarre turn I've seen for, you know, the most uh, in, in WWF term or WWE pro wrestling terms. The baby face is the good guy, right? Like 
Deshaun Watson is the baby face of the NFL. He's a good guy. It's like free Deshaun Watson. And now this could turn completely on its ear. And we're getting lawsuits for what's it's up to 16, could be as many as 24 women altogether. And then there's the bizarre lawyer and the tactics he used. And there's that's called into question. And now we're barely finally hearing from uh, Rusty Harden, who was another famous Houston area lawyer who's been in the news uh, with other famous athletes before so it's like two powerhouse lower lawyers going to be going head to head here and Deshaun Watson trying to clear his name uh the, I mean and there's so much that has to play out here and really at, at the end of the day no team is going to be trading for Deshaun Watson and now he might not have any choice but to sit out and be forced to not play football so you can't pencil Deshaun Watson in playing anywhere in the 2021 season right now yeah and most importantly if they're the, the women victims are, you know, first and foremost in all this. Yes. I mean, and, and I'm not saying he's guilty. I don't know. But we're here to talk football. And to the previous point, he's obviously untradeable right this minute. I mean, if and maybe who knows when he gets his name cleared, if it's ever cleared. And frankly, there's been several cases in the NFL of players that aren't charged outside you know legally that still gets suspended so in terms of putting them 32nd is watson going to play for him period is he gonna is he even able to is there gonna be a suspension you can't trade him right now and therefore there's not gonna be a hall of picks coming in to improve your team like i can't factor him in as a texan right now when i'm judging them against the other teams in the league which clearly makes them last i mean if he was at least gonna play we saw last year, I mean, he's capable of heroics on the field and elevating the offense and, you know, making them a little competitive. And above all, and you said it, you know, the, the women comes first in this lawsuit sure. and it's a civil suit right now. You hope, you know, being naive, you hope that maybe none of this is real and it is just a, a character assassination from a Houston area lawyer, a guy who put billboards up about Johnny Manziel being the first pick for Houston Texans in the draft in 2014. And, uh, you know, a guy that, that de- definitely likes the spotlight. I mean, I, I don't know what to to think about this whole thing and this, but it's going to play out for a while. I think that's the key. And so nobody's trading for Deshaun Watson. Uh, John McClain was on uh, pro football talk. I think it was yesterday talking about how what he knows now is that Houston was preparing to trade Deshaun Watson and it was probably going to be happening right about now. They were going to let teams know that had contacted them that, okay, let's do this and put together a bidding war before the draft. And now that plans out the window, they could drop his price tag in half. No team is trading for Deshaun Watson right now. So this is not going to be done before draft day, which means every team that was interested in Deshaun Watson has to move on and do other business and then maybe check back in, in the summertime to see if there's some conclusion here, but uh, this is going to play out for a long time. Houston, as far as your power rankings go, they have to be 32. The question now for me is Matt, which team is 31. Detroit. <laughs> and Goff is in a, you know, a difficult situation, but this roster is really bad to me. Their receivers are bad. I don't know what their plan is. I think the draft will tell us a lot. They haven't added very much. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of arguments there. I won't argue too much. Oh, by the way, one, th- one note here on Houston, I'm looking at their free agent list. I'm not going to go through all their names. The highest dollar amount player that they signed was Cameron Johnston, a punter at three years, $8 million. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, I do wow. like the Desmond King signing. Maybe Derek Rivers could give you something. Uh, just, you know, there's not a lot of, just a lot of bodies, not a lot of impact there, but just 
just from it's a, straight, be a long-term project. Yeah, just from a straight football standpoint, uh, it's hard to see what the Houston Texans are trying to do aside from get the number one overall pick in next year's draft potentially. But on to your 31st ranked team here in the Detroit Lions. You know, I, and I, I can't argue with this either. I think some other teams that were vying for the these bottom spots here improved a lot more than the Lions did. The Lions lost their best free agent in Kenny Galladay. Um, they re-signed Romeo Aquara, which was, I think, a nice move by them. But you trade out Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. That's, you know, a loss and a worse contract mm-hmm. on top of it. So um, and so we'll, we'll see which direction this goes. But I think I think you you nailed it with the bottom, two. I think they have to be 32 and 31 right now in Houston and Detroit. Yeah, I don't think I'd be getting much argument, to be very honest with you. It, it got tough for me at 30. Marvin Jones, by the way, on the way out. I'm looking. I'm looking for the bright yeah, the side with these free agent classes, and I'm just not seeing any names on the. You know, for Detroit, it's like, oh, that was a good signing there. there there's none. Right. I, I don't right. see one. Uh, well, so that being said, who's team thirty for you? It's the Jags, and I think there's all kinds of optimism. And Trevor Lawrence is coming to town, but he's not a Jag yet. And you know, they could obviously go up the board with a great draft. I think the future is exciting and promising, but they lost 15 in a row last year. I mean, they're, they're coming from pretty far down the list. Optimism, sure, but that still has to come through, right? And then there's some right. other teams above them. I'll tease that when we come back. We'll find out who's uh, just above the Jaguars on your list at 29, 28, 27. But there's a couple teams in front of them that also have young superstar quarterback potentially either incoming or already in place that is already a little bit of ahead of them in the rebuild for Jacksonville. So even though there's optimism, they still might be a year away from really starting to climb up this and you see exactly what Trevor Lawrence looks like in that. I was going to say whatever their uniform color is. What is their uniform color? Right. Teal and black or gold or whatever it is. So yeah, yeah, we'll see how that turns out with Trevor Lawrence there in Jacksonville because that's obviously the key to this whole thing for them. And this is key for a bunch of these teams coming up. You can't put too much faith in a rookie class coming in and just turning the whole thing around. I mean, it takes a little while. But even even then, there's still a clear gap between 30 and 31 with Jacksonville and Detroit. And I'm, you know, which oh, yeah. roster would I want? They went and signed Shaq Griffin, which was a nice signing for them. Three years, $40 million. Um, Marvin Jones coming in there to be a nice deep threat. On the outside at two years, $12.5 million. So they, they did some things in Jacksonville that I like, and they're definitely headed in that direction. Yeah, oh, there's, there should be optimism, but someone's got to be 30, and they haven't won games in a while. Let's get into the 20s here, Matt Williamson's power rankings. Check in on the free agent classes and what teams are doing movement-wise in the 2021 offseason and how they rank after the first wave of free agency. We are getting into the enticing eight, the 2021 Built Bar Bracket. What is your favorite flavor? Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote. Today's matchup and just the coconut flavors are making a run here, and I can't say that I agree. I'm still mad that the peanut butter flavors, none of them made the enticing eight. I thought they should have been the one seeds in this whole bracket. But a big-time matchup here with cookies and cream versus coconut almond cookies and cream all day long for me. What flavor of Built Bar will reign supreme? Find out at BuiltBar.com. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars, which are high in protein, high in fiber, yet low in calorie and low in sugar, while somehow not sacrificing any wonderful taste. 
That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Houston, Detroit, Jacksonville at the very bottom of your power rankings, Matt, as we sit here toward the end of March after we've seen most of the big free agents signed. So we kind of know what these rosters are going to look like until draft day. And at pick 29, similarly to Jacksonville, there's a team with a young star quarterback. This guy we've already seen in the NFL play well in Joe Burrow. He is coming off of an injury, uh, but still a lot of work to do, obviously, on their roster, even though they probably have a young star quarterback in place. Uh, Still being at 29 means they've got a lot of holes to fill as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously the offensive line we could talk about. They're really bad at the second level on defense. Oh, they they look to have a decent secondary and a decent front. Um, you know, they're going to add something good in the draft. I mean, I, I think it's a real good chance it's either Penny or Jamar Chase or um, Kyle Pitts. You know, some big impact help out Burrow guy. But again, you're counting on a lot of youngsters, and this team has a lot of holes still. They lost a couple of big free agents, too. So right now they're somewhat yeah. going backwards. They lost Carl Lawson to the New York Jets. He signed a $15 million per year contract for three years. Then they replaced him with Trey Ed Hendrickson on a four-year deal, also worth 15 per year. I'd probably prefer the Carl Lawson deal. Oh, I think too. you would, yeah. too, Matt, right? Yeah, uh, oh, for sure. They also lost cornerback William Jackson to Washington on a three-year $40 million contract. A longtime star wide receiver AJ Green on the way out. So they've definitely lost more than they've gained. They did add Riley Reef on the offensive line and Jadobia Woozy uh, at corner along with Mike Hilton in the slot. So they did add some pieces there, but I think they lost bigger pieces to the overall picture. So it's all about draft and develop right now for Cincy. Yeah, and we know this, and they have a quarterback in place. And again, they're, they could have a very bright future, but. If you got to line up and play right now, and that's what I mean, the power ranks, I think they probably are dogs to 28 teams. And they would be a dog then to the New York Jets who come in at 28 for you here. I love the way the the Jets are going. I love the direction they're going. I believe in Robert Sala, the higher. I like bringing in a Shanahan offense to just about any team in the league that might have been sputtering on offense previously. We'll see if uh, if his offense flourishes as much as his brother's offense, uh, the other Lafleur over there in Green Bay does. They don't have Aaron Rodgers, but they probably do have a new quarterback, probably Zach Wilson coming in with the number two overall pick, unless you believe the latest that maybe Sam Darnold is still in the picture there as a starter for the New York Jets. But uh, they made some big signings. I'm a fan of everything Joe Douglas has done since he took over last year before the draft. So I'm definitely buying stock that they are going to be much higher than 28. Just about every time we start checking in with the jets from here on out. Right. And for a lot of optimism, I think the right people are in charge. I like the, the Lawson move and some other pick, you know, Corey Davis, they've made some nice additions. I think they're building it the right way, but let's not have two short term memories here. They were, the Trevor Lawrence winner from the majority of the year. <laughs> you know, I mean, they were 32 on this list for much of the season. Yeah, in a lot of ways, they blew that. So they won one yeah. too many games there in New York this season. But yeah, we mentioned Carl Lawson. They stole him from Cincinnati. Love that move. Corey Davis, he believes he's a true number one. We'll see if he's a more of a two or a number one. But they're not paying him like a, a true number one would get paid in free agency either. So that's why I like this deal for Corey Davis to New York because they needed that type of player and three years, $37.5 million, $12.5 million per year is not too much money for Corey Davis at all, even if he is a number two. So I love that signing for them, for whoever is their quarterback. And then you have the second-year guy coming in with uh, Denzel Mims that was drafted last year that I loved. I thought he was a steal of a, of a pick in the second round, a really good wide receiver class there. 
They added Sheldon Rankins to the middle of their defensive line from yeah. New Orleans. Two years, seventeen million. Harry Anderson to play a little big end for them. Two years, seven million dollars. Uh, Keelan Cole, a little speed on the outside from Jacksonville, one-year contract. Jared Davis, a flyer on his athleticism as a former first-round inside linebacker on a one-year contract. So, yeah, I, I like all those moves. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner, too, is kind of going under the radar. Oh, yeah. One-year, $3 million. And LaMarcus Joyner signed with the Jets because he wanted to play safety, and he's going to be a full-time safety now in New York. Yeah, they, they kind of used him as a slot corner too much last year. And yeah, I think he's a nice pairing with May. A lot of uh, draft capital. Obviously, you mentioned Wilson, that second pick, but another first, the early second. So the Jets are going to add a lot. But, I mean, it's a long climb from the bottom, though. Were the Chicago Bears not a playoff team? And you got them all the way down at 27, <laughs> Matt. There's some Bears fans out there that might be shaking their fist right now in their car ride uh, home from work or uh, to lunch or whatever they're doing. Uh Explain to me Chicago at number 27. You're not a fan of Andy Dalton taking him to the promised land, apparently. I'm not. I think the defense might take a small step backwards. It probably won't remain as quite as strong. I don't trust what they have right now to be at all dynamic on offense. This might be a little harsh, and I'm sitting here looking at it again. I haven't pulled this this document up for a couple days. These teams ahead of them, if they played Chicago right now, might be dogs, but man, it's just a bad taste in your mouth with how the offseason has gone for Chicago. Mitch Trubisky signed in Buffalo to be the backup. One year, $2.5 million contract for Trubisky. Dalton signed as a 34-year-old for one year, $10 million, and he's thinks he's the starter. I don't know what they're going to do in the draft. He's at least going to start most likely week one, even if they draft somebody. So Andy Dalton, is he that much better? Is he four times better than Mitch Trubisky? No. I mean, I think he's fine, but I don't think Dalton had a particularly good year in Dallas last year either. I mean, that seems to get overlooked. Like, everyone assumes that he's the bird in the hand and you know what he is, and there certainly is some truth to that. But it took him a while to get acclimated in Dallas and still was never really playing at a close to a high level. I mean, do you think this is too harsh on Chicago? <sighs> Looking at the names in front of them, I don't think it's harsh at all, but I do think there's a cluster of teams that would be hard to argue next five or so teams I could see putting in just about any order. But uh, mm -hmm. I'm not confident in in what the Bears are doing right now. And, and really the way I look at it, if I had to put it succinctly for the Chicago Bears, I don't think Ryan Pace and Nat, Matt Nagy are saving their jobs right now. And, I, and they might be cementing right. their own fate uh, and a new coaching staff and GM next year, to be honest with what I've seen this offseason. They had to be a little bit more urgent, I think. And the Fuller situation isn't the ring endorsement for them either. It's, it was not a particularly well-handled offseason. It felt right. like it was uh, Russell Wilson or bust, and they busted. Yeah, they lost Roy Robertson Harris to Jacksonville. He signed for three years, $23 million, and then losing Kyle Fuller on a one-year $9 million deal to Denver. Uh, I mean, uh, give, swap that for sure. Like, if you're going to spend one year, nine and a half, ten million million, $10 million on a player, give me Kyle Fuller, not Andy Dalton. I just roll, and they have Nick Foles already, yeah. so they have their stopgap quarterback. So that's the other thing. It's like, you're, you're paying a one-year contract for Andy Dalton to come in and, and be that much better than Nick Foles or Trubisky was already. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it took Vic Fangio like 37 minutes to get Kyle Fuller under contract after they released him. You know, like, you know, like exactly. done. Got uh, it. So they're in a bad spot. Bad spot there for the Bears. So, yeah, I, 
Being low on the Bears, I do not have a problem with at all. Just ahead of the Chicago Bears, a team that I think is on the rise is the Carolina Panthers at 26. Yeah, and they have some young talent, and McCaffrey comes back, and you have to factor those type of things in. Like when we get the Giants, Saquon's coming back. You know, you can't forget those type of things that are important. Um, but right now, Teddy Bridgewater's their quarterback, and I don't know that he's any better than Andy Dalton. Um, to Carolina's credit, their their record wasn't good, but they played a lot of close games in a first-year head coaching situation. I, I do think they're on the rise, but pretty soon we might be like, well, they're in quarterback no man's land if they don't land somebody in this draft or you keep hearing them to Watson as well, but then we talk, opened the show with that situation. Um, I like them, but I don't think they're a great team. One thing I'm realizing right now, looking at all these free agent classes, is that next offseason is going to be the largest free agent class in history with all of the one-year deals mm, that yeah. players signed this offseason and then you know free agents who were naturally contracts were ending next year on top of it. It's going to be massive, and, and teams are going to have more money to spend, but there's going to be a glut of players to spend it on. So that'll be fascinating. It'll be like almost flipped from what it was this offseason with too you know with with too little money but now um there'll be more players so will that dwindle the money will we see more lower deals just because the market will be full of players for teams to sign next offseason maybe we'll have to wait until 2023 for players to get those biggest paydays but you know players at the top usually still get paid anyway and we saw that this offseason where a couple guys still did get quite a bit of money. But when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, they lost Curtis Samuel, who's a playmaker on that offense to Washington. So you don't love that. Uh, they brought in Cam Irving. They overpaid don't Pat Elfline. That. So I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. Oh, either one of those did, uh, did great things to, to save their offensive line. Probably their best signing is Hassan Reddick on a one year deal uh, from Arizona, one year, $8 million. Maybe he could be a Shaq Barrett like player who they're able to get, you know, big time sack production out of for one year. Yeah. I mean, I like what they're doing on defense, but they, you know, just a year ago, the defense had nothing. Basically, they also released KK Short, who's a good, a good player still for for contractual reasons as well. Um, you know, they're they're short a weapon with Samuel gone, and right now Teddy Bridgewater's a quarterback. You know, I mean, so they still got a lot of work to do. And essentially, you have them right where they earn. You know, they earn the eighth pick in the draft, so you have them what seventh. Seventh or eighth yeah, worst right team in the league right. right now. So, you know, they and they haven't gotten better and they still have Teddy Bridgewater. And you still have to look at that offense and say, okay, how are they going to score? How much better are they on defense? And how many of these teams in front of them can they beat? One team that they did have a better record than that is now right in front of them is the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get to them next and probably get into deep into the 20s here and we'll see how high up the list we get. And of course, it's going to take a couple of days here to get through every team and talk about the free agent halls in Matt Williamson's post first wave free agency power ranking. Bracket busted. That's okay. You can still be involved in March Madness at betonline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including the college basketball tournament. Football might be over, but NBA is happening. NHL is happening. Build your brackets. Bet on any of the games happening right now. NFL draft props, which are always super fun. Real-time updated odds and props on almost Anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Go to betonline.ag. Use your mobile device too, if you want, to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON. Again, promo code LOCKED ON at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Coming in at 25 on your list, Matt, is the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, they sent away Carson Wentz. They underachieved all year long. Can they be better just by not underachieving, just by getting some average quarterback play and, and you know, maybe a few, maybe a little bit better injury luck and having fewer players on the injured list all season long in 2021? Yeah, I'm sure some people are like, boy, that's kind of rich for the Eagles. Well, they still bring back Fletcher Cox and that defensive line and Slay. And a year ago, we thought that defense had a chance to be pretty good. And it's not much different now. But my biggest key for putting them this high, not that they're super high, they're 25th, their offensive line, you know, returns Brooks and Blaine Johnson and Kelsey. I mean, like, their offensive line was playing with, was killed last year. So let's not forget who returns from injury. Little bargain deal here, one year, $5 million, signing away free safety Anthony Harris from Minnesota. Uh, Real nice pickup. They're bringing Joe Flacco in as the backup for Jalen Hurts, just the insurance policy there. I don't get there. that at all. An elite backup quarterback. I guess you got to have a you know you got to have a quarterback there to back up a guy. And I guess having a you know a seasoned veteran might be something important for the draft room. One deal that went under the radar that I didn't realize was Deshaun Jackson going to the Los Angeles Rams. On a yeah, that contract. happened recently. I mean, yeah. he's going to be their deep threat. Interesting, but I mean, we knew he wasn't going to be an eagle, right? And I like that for the Rams. That's actually a great pickup for them on the cheap. Stafford throwing deep, you know, right? Uh, and Jalen Mills was uh, the big loss there. He got a lot of money from New England, and, and Philadelphia was probably surprised by how much money Jalen Mills got and wasn't going to be close to matching that offer of four years, $24 million, at least the length of that contract for Jalen Mills. So, uh, you know, they haven't gotten a lot better yet. They've got the sixth pick in the draft. We'll see how that goes for the Philadelphia Eagles and see what they're able to do in the Jalen Hurts era. Yeah, and I'm not the biggest Hurts fan, but... I like Miles Sanders in the line, and I don't want to close the door on Reger, and I think Goddard's going to have a, a breakout-type year. So I think they're okay, but we knew this was not going to be a pretty offseason for them with their cap situation. Talk to me, Matt, about Team 24 on your power rankings, the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you think they've gotten worse? Do you think they've gotten better? Or do you think they're just pretty much the same team they were coming in free agency? I don't think they've gotten better. I mean, I like Nandokwe, but... Is this defense really any better than one of the worst defenses in the league last year that we saw? And now the offense is short offensive linemen. You know, like they, they kind of swapped the deck of the chairs on the on the Titanic deck at wide receiver. I don't think think that's a big deal, but I think the line's got to be worse. And the whole line was built to protect Carr, who needs it. I I don't understand the process here for Vegas right now. And Gakwe is the one player that you could say, okay, this this he could bring an impact for you. He could get after the mm -hmm. quarterback. They need a little bit more juice off the edge on third downs. And even if he's a rotational player, and it's not a long-term deal, so two years, 26 million, 13 per to get some sack production there from Yannick and Gakwe, help their secondary out. I think they just need to get better players in the secondary to help their secondary out uh, on top of it. But then, yeah, aside from that, they they didn't really do much as far as impact. Kenyon Drake's an interesting name there to pair with Josh Jacobs in the backfield. He got a two-year, $11 million contract. Yeah, and this is not where I would have been spending my money. I mean, not that it's a fortune, but and I don't dislike Drake. I mean, it's it's it's, it's okay. Um, I would have rather kept Rodney Hudson, or you know what I mean. Uh, I just don't really see the plan here. Marcus Mariota is back. Is that correct? Did I see that? Yeah, that happened since we recorded. He what? he took a pay cut. What was the dollar amount? Did you see that? Because I thought that would have made sense for him to go somewhere else. I'm surprised they cut him and were able to get him back at a lower number. 
Yeah, we 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 talked about that. I thought that you know there would be a market for him. I wonder if these teams just aren't really after the Darnolds and Mariotas and you know anymore that they've made their decision. They're going to stick with Dalton or Fitzpatrick or whomever and roll it out. Um, it seems odd to me that he couldn't get better work. Mariota, here's the numbers. Mariota will get three and a half million dollars next season instead of the ten million. $10.75 million that he was going to get. You're signing Andy Dalton for one year, $10 million, and Mariota couldn't find more than $3.5 million with the team for a one-year contract? That, that's really surprising to me. Does, Does it say something? Me, yeah. Anti-Mariota folks would tell you that he's not competitive enough, that he doesn't have that it factor. He's not an alpha player. Does this tell you that, too, that he wasn't competitive enough to try to find a deal somewhere else and, and compete for a starting job? He's just happy to take a backup salary of three point five with the Raiders and, and take that big of a pay cut? maybe i mean maybe that's just his personality type i mean you have heard those things before about him kind of passive in that way um you would think you'd want to you know go just about anywhere but a lot of these teams just don't have the money to spend on backup quarterbacks this year i mean i think that's one of the markets that got hit the hardest was the the backup quarterback situation the New York Giants coming in at 23 and have put some work in toward the end of the first wave of free agency and they were quiet to start the offseason, and then came strong. Uh, the big addition there, Kenny Galladay got a four-year contract, $18 million per year. They signed Adoree Jackson from Tennessee, three years, $39 million. Um, they lost Zeitler. They lost Dalvin Tomlinson. They signed Kyle Rudolph. They added John Ross as another deep threat, so they got some speed for Daniel Jones on the outside now at wide receiver. How are you feeling about this team? I, I feel like maybe late in the process, you might have bumped them up a little bit with those Galladay and Adoree Jackson signings. Yeah, and they, I like their offseason. And, oh, by the way, Saquon comes back, and they're pretty loaded. No, they're not loaded, but they're pretty real good shape in terms of skill position players. Um, you know, Jenkins, or uh, who was the, the, the corner they signed? Adoree. Adoree you Jackson, know, yeah. a, Put him next to Bradbury. That's a really good start on that side of the ball, too. I think their pass defense will be quite good. They go in the draft, you know, not with a ton of needs for the first time in a while. Maybe they can have their pick of edge rushers or or another offensive lineman. I just don't know if Daniel Jones is good. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a big one. And I do like, though, that they, they said, okay, look, we're, we're rolling with Daniel Jones again. We drafted him. Everybody in charge that, that you know, Gettleman drafted him. He wants to keep him. I have a feeling when when Jones is gone, Gettleman's going to be gone too. It's one of those things. So let's find out. Let's give him what he needs. And if he's not successful after that, then we'll all know. Yeah, and I think that's the right decision is to build around him as, as they as they have with Galladay and you know Barkley and these type of dudes and give him another year. But this is the crossroad season for Daniel Jones. Mentioned Dalvin Tomlinson. We'll finish up here with pick 22, or uh, the the ranked 22 team in Matt Williamson's power rankings, the Minnesota Vikings. We talked about Dalvin Tomlinson leaving the New York Giants. He goes to Minnesota there to plug the middle of that defensive line. Um, the Minnesota Vikings added Patrick Peterson at corner. They lost some players on defense as well. Obviously, it's the Kirk Cousins show there. They're a team that's sort of in... Uh, and they're not like a quarterback purgatory team because I think 
Kirk Cousins is one of the top half quarterbacks in the league, but they're just a purgatory team in general. They, they're just kind of in the middle. You got them at 22. I don't see them getting much higher than that, although they could play above this level. They could be a little bit worse than this level. They're just that team that's in the middle, and I expect them to be drafted in the middle of the draft again next year. Yeah, and the future is not super bright. Um, they had Patrick Peterson. They had Tomlinson. I, they obviously realize the defense needs reinforcements. I think an edge rusher is probably coming in the draft. Um, you get Daniel Hunter back. They had they were hit, hit pretty hard by injuries on the defensive side of the ball. And Zimmer will probably get that side right. And quietly, the offense was really good, and they found a star in Justin Jefferson. The line's coming around, but they really need guard help. But that's not the, the hardest thing to find in the draft. Um, here, here's one thing I want to throw out to you, though. I don't know your thoughts exactly on Daniel Jones, but I think we know what he is. And if you're the Vikings, is it smart? And this is probably a whole podcast conversation. If you take, is Daniel, here, here's where I'm going with this. Is Daniel Jones, if you forfeit a first round pick where Minnesota picks the middle of first round and you cut Kirk Cousins, is that smart business? And have Daniel Jones do his version of Kirk Cousins, which should be a facsimile of it or about the same, for way less the cost. And so that's what I'm basically asking: is their first round pick worth thirty million in cap space? So you're saying dump Kirk Cousins and draft a quarterback there? Yeah, I mean it's probably too late to do these things, but Daniel Jones could probably be Kirk Cousins within a year. And Kurt's not a bad yeah. player, but you know Jones will be a facilitator. He probably won't be a bust. He's not going to be a star. Mm-hmm. No, and I see, I, I'm I'm totally with you, just in terms of money. It's interesting because when teams don't have a quarterback, they can't wait to find somebody as good as Kirk Cousins to pay him thirty million dollars a year. And right. then when you have Kirk Cousins at thirty million dollars a year, you look around and say, well, half the teams in the league still have have good as good or better a quarterback, or at least a quarterback that could become better that's a lot cheaper. And the most valuable thing in the NFL is a young, good quarterback on a rookie contract. So for that argument, uh, absolutely, that, that it's it's totally worth that. Now there's so many other factors involved that job security and all those things because you can't start over if you're Mike Zimmer because you don't have a job and you won't get to see the fruits of that new quarterback. So you've got to just try to do what you can and fix the defense and win with Kirk Cousins. But there's almost this Kirk Cousins line. And I think Garoppolo's in there and 49ers fans are starting to feel that now. And there's a few other teams in the league where it's like, okay, we got a quarterback who's fine. But man, that that other quarterback over there is better. And we're paying this guy a lot. Let's try to find somebody as good as those guys and also, they could be super cheap. And so I think that's the argument for a lot of these teams in the NFL draft. And, and who knows, maybe we'll see more teams than expected go with quarterbacks in the draft, even though they already have a veteran on the roster. But when you factor in job security for the coaching staffs and you know the people in-house that already brought those quarterbacks in and brought those people in and believe in them, it makes it a lot more difficult. But for us sitting on the outside looking in, yeah, it's, it's more valuable to draft that quarterback there and, and save that $30 million, I think. Right. I mean, I think the... 15th pick or wherever they are, I think they're even earlier, is worth 14 less than $30 million a year in cap space. If you get relatively the same quarterback play and any given Sunday, you probably look across the field and say, I'd rather probably have the quarterback we're playing against than the guy we have, but we could do a lot worse. But the crime is you can't give that guy $30, $40 million. Yep. Absolutely. The Jared Goff situation, you no, know? No, yeah. Yeah. The Goff situation is a great example. It's a perfect example of it. Anyway, yeah. that's the crime. Yeah. 
that that is, you're right. That is a, a podcast all in itself. So that's teams 22 through 32 in Matt Williamson's power rankings. 21 through number one in the NFL tomorrow. May probably won't finish him up probably. tomorrow, but over the next couple of days throughout the week, and it's a fun process to go through here. And this exercise not only you know takes the temperature of the league and and how good teams are and how they've improved this offseason, but also go through all these teams and, and see who they sign and see where new faces are in new places. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good way of doing it. Absolutely. Take stock a little bit. Team 21, who is it? Find out tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson. <laughs>